listened to Darwin's Family Crest with uh, Derek and Jeremy. 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 That fucking kraut prick. Jeremy spoke in kraut today. You know, I used to hate that song. But uh, as an adult, I realized I was being retarded. I, I only hated it because uh, if somebody heard my name for the first time, it would either be Pearl Jam's Jeremy or uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. And it's I hated both of those songs. I still hate Jeremiah was a bullfrog because it's gay. But like uh, the Pearl Jam song's awesome. The story behind it's amazing. It's just like. Holy fucking shit, dude. That video is insane for 1990 or 91, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that Jeremy video is probably the uh, <clears throat> the pinnacle point for true crime music at that point, isn't it? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the first of its kind that I can remember. Although I thought as a kid when they were playing that all the fucking time on MTV, he shot the school up, but it was just himself, which makes it all the more dark and sad. Mm. He just blew his fucking brains out in front of the class. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. That song, that video actually was in a wild race with uh, Aerosmith. Janie's got a gun, right? I mean, for, for the first like true crime video, I guess at that point, probably. Yeah. Yeah, that would be about the only other one I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's a fun little dance, right? Like, uh, like what's uh, what was worse first? You know, that's what a what a fun campaign and a dark way to to like be remembered in history at that point, right? Oh, this coffee sucks, dick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a yeah. donut house. This episode is brought to you by Donut House or Donut Shop, Coconut Mocha, K Cup, fucking trash. It, it can go right down the sink. <laughs> Co- uh, Coca Mocha, not the- necessary Yoda. So, yeah, just give me a black coffee. Fuck. <laughs> um, what, what you mean a sun kiss, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just making sure that we're all we're all uh, parks and rec clear for fears at that point. Tears for fears. Um. By the way, you were talking uh, true crime music. Uh. Did you finally get to watching the Catherine Knight video? I did. I did. Um. And I think I put it just a narrow third. Um. Uh. uh before Richard Ramos, but uh, clearly it's Ramirez. You said Ramos last week. Too. Yes, Richard yes, Ramirez. I'm sorry. And, I, and 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 damn, did that bother me on the listen? Like, I my God, I I, I bug again. I, I for the DFC listeners, I do. I am my hardest critic. So like like I think you're we fire, all are. Yeah, your fire trash emojis. That's fine. I mean, yeah, there's no on fire dumpster emoji yet. So um. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I know what I am at that point, but I, I did. I said Richard Ramos. I meant Richard Ramirez. I know what I've watched. Um, but I do believe that that uh, Gary Hednick is my favorite skinned video uh, and story just because of um, how it impacts my household, because my wife actually read a book about Gary Hednick, uh, owns a book um, about the story. 
And then uh, Tyler Hadley is just, I mean, it's, it's too cute. It's too cute of a story. Like, and then, and, and just the, 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 it's so wonderful how he's whimsical about throwing a party after what he would, he shot, what, what did he shoot his dad in the head and then beat his, beat his mother with the head with a hammer? I'm pretty sure he bludgeoned them both to death with the hammer. Okay. Uh, There was, I mean, I I feel like there was definitely a gun used at some point because, like, otherwise, bang, bang, boogie, boogie, bang, bang doesn't really land for me. So, I I mean, again, uh, Wikipedia will save us all at at some point. But Catherine Knight is another story. Um, She was ultimately the... uh, uh, the first woman to uh, uh, be sentenced uh, to life uh, without parole for murdering her husband in uh, uh, a town in New South Wales, Australia. Um, I, that's that's baseline at this point. Um, I can go further, uh, but I, we should probably talk about the song. Uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about the rendition that Skin did? Uh that's my least favorite one of their songs no. by a long shot. Yeah. By a long fucking margin. I actually skip it a lot of times cause it's the last song on the most recent album. And I have like a playlist on my uh, iPhone and I'll play like the first five tracks and then just go listen to something else. Wow. Yeah. It's it just, it's too slow of a build up. Like the middle to the end is fucking amazing, but the buildup in that song is just like way too long for me. But I mean, to each his own. The video is intense. The story is intense. It's still a good song in comparison to a lot of the shit out there today. But maybe that's where I'm at, where I've only heard the song like three or four times at this point, but I know the story in and out. So, like, I can't get past the actual you know the lyrics of the song so like I'm, I'm patient for it because the actual story says you know that you know Catherine uh, uh, husband i believe his uh, he was i think it was david price i want to say it was something like that it was his last name was price um basically I, I, he had been harassed multiple times by his wife uh assaulted multiple times by his wife um after after his most recent stabbing that he had received uh, on his wife's behalf, he actually uh, applied for a restraining order. I believe it was, <laughs> again, um, how how wonderful it is and how fort- fortuitous that it is that we are we're uh, we're broadcasting on an upcoming leap year. Uh, I believe it was February 29th. He applied for a restraining order uh, to protect both himself and his children. And um, only to find out that uh, at the day that he he had applied for the restraining order, he had told his his coworkers that if he didn't show up uh, for work the next day, that he would be uh, it would probably be because that his wife had murdered him. That dumb uh, bitch had killed me. Yeah, that he had he had been uh, you know he he he'd suffered the boomerang effect, if you will. <laughs> You know, it, I love it's it. Like, oh, well, I'll be. You know, you got, you got, the, you got in by a didgeridoo. You got fucked um, in the ass with a didgeridoo. Well, didgeridoo don't. <laughs> uh, 
show up to work in the morning if you got fucked up by a boomerang <laughs> you wait now right now uh, i know i know she ate him did she feed him to the kids because i seem to think that she fed him to the kids but i didn't really dive into this one as much yeah, from what i understand it's hard to tell because they didn't they didn't like do like a stomach like sort of deep dive like we did to to this whole story but i they he she most definitely boiled his head after she had murdered him um in the hallway by the way i in this whole idea of being premeditated she had bought black lingerie earlier in the day oh yeah again it's 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 very akin to the DFC family because I had also bought black lingerie earlier this day. So, <laughs> I mean, as lacy as you can imagine at this point. Um, by the um, way, what are you doing after this? Um, no, I, other than editing, don't say editing because um, you put me off all the time. <laughs> I'm, uh, I got some shoes that are looking pretty good. Um, Unreal. To, a sideline to this, um, I think I asked you this off, Mike. I can't remember what you said. Have you seen the Netflix show Mindhunter? No, no, I actually haven't seen that one yet. It's very in the same adjacent world to this because it's a uh, uh, FBI behavioral uh, crime unit trying to interview uh, serial killers and rapists and stuff after their crimes and shit and they're going through actual true crime stories ed kemper who killed and fucked his mother's severed head after he killed her and stuff and all kinds of fun stories like that i i just wanted to add that uh there's a story that takes place over like three episodes of it that's in altoona pennsylvania which is literally 15 minutes from me but uh if if you're looking at it trying to get a glimpse of maybe me in the rearview mirror or something, it's definitely not Altoona, PA. It's obviously like Pittsburgh, PA or something. They really embellished on how big Altoona is. Yeah. Uh, it's It could be Jeremy's neighbor, but it's neighbor without a U. It's an N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R neighbor. So, like like different from the aboriginal neighbor that um our buddy uh mr price stayed at so i we should check that out though i mean because without like without having seen it i'm i'm i mean i'm i'm interested uh, especially from from a deep dive standpoint like there's there's a lot on netflix uh, i i'd actually been getting into I, I hope we can touch on this in a little bit, but like um, Netflix has been been doing a lot of like super decent like like nature renderings. Uh, the most the most recent one, uh, Night on Earth, is actually it's I mean it's it's really tastefully done, uh, but you still have to talk about like what gets got at night. Um, and I, again, I, maybe maybe that's worth maybe uh, uh, maybe your show. Uh, which is not all that close to you from what I'm getting in the earpiece. Um, uh, we can tag in the, uh, in the liner notes, but um, 
You know what? Speaking of Netflix, uh, we got an hour till the final eight episodes of BoJack come out. I just remembered that. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the um, it's the unofficial uh, release uh, short short end release party of uh, of uh, the last season of BoJack Horseman. I'm uh, not ready. No, nobody is. How could you be? I'm not. I'm not ready. Um, I feel like I got all the meat off that. Eight and twenty-four. And <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Oh, that's fair. Oh my goodness. Um, I hope that's not true. Um, uh, one thing I will say. Um, if you were, if we want to talk about uh things that that are coming up and um, uh. Because again, we can't we can't stay true crime at this point. So um, anybody else that wants to like uh, learn up on on Catherine Knight, I mean, please like like sink into your own hole at this point. Like <laughs> endeavor your own deep dig. It's oh, yeah. dark. I mean, I'm, if you if you want to check out the Wikipedia page or the Skinned Song or the last podcast on the left episode, because they did a hell of a lot more research than we did on it. They did two episodes on it, so like, I I think they did a little more research than we did. But it's an interesting story, interesting music video, interesting song, and it's it's very uncharacteristic of a woman to do a crime to that level. Sure. Um especially because i mean it's more of the more recent ones too uh you know to like for this to have happened in 2000 uh it feels like a very uh 70s or like like early 80s type of crime to commit um i don't know it just it feels very lifetime movie-esque but but takes in like a like a, a a serious turn like almost national geographic turn like like, I mean, you know, hey, the head's going to take a little longer to cook, so we need to get the long cooking parts in the, into the pot, too. So, yikes. Uh, um, yeah. So, but that's fair. That's a that's teaser enough for what we do on our show. Um, uh, we can't ignore the fact that we are recording uh, the Thursday before the Super Bowl. So, um, I, I we don't cover any sports whatsoever on this show. Uh, it, and, you notice that I we just did a wrestling show. That's uh, not sports. It's still real to me, damn it. But <laughs> no, uh, our, our our partner is actually in the uh, in the bleachers tonight. <laughs> That's such a great video. It's painful. It's who not- was he talking to? Jim Cornette. He was taught. Yeah, I thought he, I, I, at first at first glance I thought it was just the slimmest that Jim Ross has ever been. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was Jim Cornette because Jim Ross wouldn't have set foot in that gymnasium. Yeah. So. Um, to paraphrase, and if you're interested in finding it, it's easy if you just search for it's still real to me. Damn it. Uh, Jim Cornette, a famous like writer, booker, manager, it, just personality in uh, professional wrestling, was fielding professional wrestling questions to just some podunk town on the bleachers of some high school and this guy just starts fucking bawling about everything these guys are doing to their bodies which i mean that's respectful they really do 
But then he uh, belts out one of my favorite lines of all time. It's still real to me, damn it, between sobs. And it's just so fucking great. Yeah. I mean, this, I think this comes down to as viral video as it gets. Uh, you know, like, I think it's probably top 10, you know, along with uh, Leroy Jenkins and, um, and uh, Bob Rub. Bob Rub. And a little sis. <laughs> with, with, oh the, with a little sis with the fucking, the, the whistle tip. You oh, know, you should be up shit. making breakfast. Woo, woo! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> God, I loved that video. I must have watched it 400 times. Um, What was I going to say? Speaking of still real to me, damn it, I marked the fuck out when I saw that Edge returned to the Rumble this weekend. And, uh, I mean, after legitimately... I think I've mentioned it on this show when we were talking pro wrestling. One of the only promos that ever could actually make me want to cry was when he said he had to retire. Just how heartfelt everything was about this man and just how you could see he was gutted when he had to retire. And he came back kind of looking like the uh, the uncle that drinks a little bit too much scotch, smokes a couple too many cigarettes, but probably the best shape I've ever seen him in. And just about cut fucking Dolph Ziggler in half with the first uh, bump on WWE TV in nine years. Well, which you wouldn't have seen if you had been watching the, uh, the, the pay-per-view at that point. I, from what I understand, because they were too, uh, WWE was too busy panning to the crowd and reacting to him being out there. Uh, and to be That's fair, a classic WWE move. It's terrible. Uh, it is. It is. I, you know, like, again, leave it to the WWE to just absolutely for like, for the two legit best spears that I've seen in 2020, uh, for for them to just absolutely, I mean, to, I mean, again, to to actual, you know, to the guys that they're giving heat to, they literally cut edges heat in half with those exact same spears because they were panning to the fucking crowd as well, as they were like as they were filming. They're always more worried about showing the crowd how you're supposed to be reacting, you know, and it's like. Part of the fun and the mystique of the whole thing, this thing of Oz, uh, it, it used to be just the natural progression. Storylines would evolve by how much heat or how much acclaim they were getting outside of the ring anyhow. You know what I mean? Like, he comes back, and I'm surprised they didn't push him as a fucking heel right away because the, the heat was nuclear it was crazy like he he's like probably the biggest face i've ever seen in my life when he came out there and then i'm surprised ross wasn't like this son of a or yeah ross michael cole wasn't like this son of a bitch is back well i mean and again leave it to leave it to vince mcmahon to absolutely shithouse what michael cole says anyways but um on the back end of that I disagree how how Edge looked coming out like like to 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 know that he hasn't competed uh, to that level whatever that level is at this point because yeah, yeah. again by the way neither one of us are watching the WWE with any kind of intent or purpose other than just as a parody or as in uh, um, just as a frame of reference for what we used to just 
just Adore. absolutely absorbs. Yeah, we absorbed ourselves into that ilk of of sports entertainment. Uh, but to be fair, I think he was every bit the electric personality that he came out to. And maybe he pushed, maybe he pushed it where he rushed his own two best spots. But on average, I mean, he looks every bit the part and I don't know that they have the move. They don't have any other move other than to bring him out as like as the as the face that he went out oh, as yeah. at that point because like I, like it doesn't matter who he spears I mean he could spear AJ Styles like like through like like back to North Carolina yeah, at this yeah. point you know like at, like out of his text vest if he wants to but he's never gonna be that he's not gonna be that brood sort of heal he can't ever go back to that uh because his his story is it, it's it's too heartwarming and i mean a lot of people i mean again this household actually owns owns his biography so is it a good read it's it's a fantastic read yeah it's not it, it's not one that i've made it through yet but my wife's read it three times my kids read it once That's awesome. um yeah they're they my family is actually obsessed with with the uh, with, with that that sort of like that character that had nothing to do with what Vince McMahon put in place. So like I mean I I will forever be rooting for Ed, for Edge at this point because he always seemed to be like like the big dog or the the small dog in the big fight. Uh, no, and, and that's I, absolutely right. I feel like he's always been that way, and it, it's part of the endearment to him is like he's just he's that kid that was in the arena watching at ringside and fucking ends up as what 10 time champion or something like he's he's unreal and his personality like compared to i sent you uh after we talked to ian last week that promo the first time that he talked on mike and it was just laughable and yeah. for him to go from that to what I mean, I watched the uh, promo that was on Raw on Monday, and he's just every bit the talker he was when he left. He's just so good behind that mic at this point; it's unreal. I mean, I buy his presence because you, if you buy his character, you buy his presence. So that's that's really all that matters at this point. And um, you know, I, I I'm glad they they put him over uh, for the Royal Rumble. I mean, again, I don't, I, I didn't watch it. I wasn't, I don't know how, like how it turned out ultimately. Um, I think he came out of 21. So yeah. I mean, the, the, the odds were stacked against him at winning at that point, unless you were trying to drive storyline, which do, again, do you, know, do you know who fucking won the rumble? No, I don't. Drew McIntyre. Do you remember Drew McIntyre? No. The head- the headline for WrestleMania this year is Lesnar versus McIntyre. Like, yes. it's it's no fucking wonder I stopped watching this shit. Like, that was your opportunity to have Copeland and fucking Lesnar on the biggest stage of them all, and you gave it to Drew McIntyre? Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, on paper, you're talking about, like, you're talking about spearing off right there, right? Oh, my God. Cause I mean, like, what what high like what high acts can 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 Adam Copeland do against Brock Lesnar? Yeah, 
like he legit can't do any. Everything is going to be high cross bodies. It's going to be stuff off the ropes. Yeah. Like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a floor act, which is not, again, maybe that's why at that point, maybe that's why, because Lesnar can't do that, like that grit stuff. He can't do the, um, he can't do the technical stuff. And again, if, if Ian was here, he would tell, he would probably tell a story even in his in his um in his amateur days whenever he was flopping around with me that we actually worked on a lot of technical shit like like we would do transitions you know like arm bars to reverses to um snap mares to uh you know like just everything like the whole like the whole bit only we were doing it on on like literally dead grass and everybody else is doing it in a squared circle yeah. So I meant to ask you guys, and I never did. You didn't actually have any sort of ring or anything. It was just like, just the backyard, or yeah, yeah. Every t- every time that we set up, um, our boundaries were a sequence of four ladders. Nice. So um, <laughs> we had we had one six foot ladder, and we had three three foot ladders. So I wonder where our high spots came from. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And but to be fair, we had our share of high spots. And then once well, like once we were in our third and fourth season, we actually were able to uh, get another six foot ladder. And uh, after we had moved for the third or fourth time, um, we actually had um, like a true like sort of I don't want to say a backstage area, but definitely an area where some hardcore shit was like permissible. Um, and by that time we had accrued some cool shit like a um a 35 mile an hour speed limit sign because (laughs) i mean those are pretty rare anyways (laughs) yep they're they're not being watched regularly if you will um so i didn't want to make this i'm sorry i've kind of made this pro wrestling again um let's get back into the super bowl thing um did you see this year i'm seeing a lot of places on facebook and reddit and shit they're like showing the the uh the spots that are gonna air at the big game pre-game and it like completely demystifies the advertisements of the super bowl and i don't fucking understand it well I mean, not to be a dick, but I don't think this is going to be any Super Bowl that anyone is going to remember because of how it's been hyped, um, whether it's by uh, commercial or by uh, by vendor or company or, um, or, or even reporters at this point, because the there has been an oversaturation in sports at this point and then therefore from sports to commercial activity over the death of Kobe Bryant and it wasn't something that I was intent on bringing up but I watched a little bit of the Pro Bowl on Sunday uh, which was literally I don't know actual time probably 50 minutes to an hour like from Kobe Bryant's actual death um, which again, if, if you're not, if you don't know how Kobe Bryant died, you're living under a fucking rock, but basically, uh, he and, uh, nine other passengers, uh, died in a helicopter crash, uh, near Calabasas, California. Um, he, uh, he was in, uh, 
uh, he was en route to uh, his daughter's, uh, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna's basketball game. Um, and there was another, <clears throat> another father um, and uh, another daughter uh, in that um, in that particular uh, helicopter, um, along with a pilot and um, again some family of of the uh, um, the other daughter um, who was an AAU coach um, in baseball, a very prominent coach. Um, to come up with any of their names, I apologize. I can't do that. Not that, uh, not that I don't care about Kobe, but I feel the worst for those kids and those parents that lost their kids. Like, yeah. Kobe had a great career, a great life, didn't want for anything. But I, I And I, I know so little. I don't even know Kobe's wife's name. But she just recently had a baby, and now she's burying her eldest daughter and her husband from one incident which i mean I, I don't know how much i can believe stuff like this but i read something that she said that they promised each other that neither of them would get on a helicopter again and then this shit goes down could you fucking imagine like christ i don't I mean i don't know that that's the case because i mean first of all i it, like i i mean again i'm no i am no uh expert of Kobe Bryant by any means but uh, but the the one the one respectable thing that I did I did see of Kobe's wife I believe her name is either Brittany or Brianna or something like that I think it's Brittany um, or Brandy or something like that uh, it's, there's a there's a strong constant start there but um, I, they're they're redirecting a lot of the proceeds um, coming from the crash which I respect across the board because the one thing that Kobe Bryant's family doesn't need is money at this point. They no. like they will take they will take every tiny little bit of of, of your well wishes and and uh, and you know the charity can go other places because um, I believe uh, there's a it's it's a it's sort of a, a Mamba Three uh, is the is the new directory for the. Um, for the proceeds um, that they go, they're going towards the crash. But I mean, above everything else, they're, they're more concerned for, uh, again, for the, for the other, basically the other seven passengers of that, of, of that copter crash. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, cause his, you know, his, his daughter was 13 and um, you know, the, the original, the original report, I don't know if anybody else has heard this, but I, I was, I was literally on board whenever this first came out and uh there was there was some nasty audio that came out um from 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 the from the adjunct and uh one of these i i i i i'm literally not gonna dirty up anybody but but i was watching i was watching espn and there was a a verbal uh slip of the tongue and uh, uh one of the one of the guys from sports center actually said that um like all of Kobe's children were on that helicopter flight and there were only believed to be five people on that flight. So there was, there was an, there was an initial thought for me, like after about 50 minutes from hearing about this, that Kobe was literally flying this helicopter with his four girls in it. And he drove it and he flew into the side, like of, of, of a hill that created a brush fire that nobody could get to. And that was 
100% on ESPN at that point. Good lord. And, yeah, I know, and it makes you stick to your stomach because, like, there's there. I, I believe in this world of of like, there's I believe there's first truth and then there's there's first real truth at this point. Like where where you report on something that you believe to be factual, and then there's a move where like you have received final actual like information that lands solid, that is legitimate, and like I think there's a I think there's a two way race. There's a two way race to be first, and there's two way race to be right. And I makes, thought. I thought you were going to bring up the dumb bitch that, uh, did you see the dumb bitch that, uh, kind of will say she blurred the word Knicks and Lakers on, uh, live TV as far as the Los Angeles team that he played for. He was a Laker. He was a fucking Laker, but she, uh, very blatantly said the Los Angeles N words hard R and it was, unbelievably dead to rights she dropped that out there and last i heard she still has her job and it's unreal to me like that's beyond a freudian slip that's like what the fuck are you doing woman yeah I, did uh, you see that well you sent it to me so oh, i couldn't remember who always <laughs> sent it to it's like yo what are you doing yeah i mean and i'm i'm actually disappointed that i had this one wrong um because i told everyone that had seen it that this woman wouldn't have a job in the morning and there's no reason for her to. And I, you know, I don't know that anybody that, you know, you know, in positions of power is listening to this, but I don't think she should. I no, legit no. don't think she should. I mean, because there's, I mean, there are certain things that in moments of clarity, they, they keep you from saying, and that's, that's one that just it shouldn't even enter the mind no it just it doesn't it shouldn't register it just shouldn't because i mean again you're talking about literally a 13 year old girl um you know whatever i mean a pair of them at that point you know they're just trying to head to their game and this was regular practice you know like i like he knew where he lived and he wasn't about to drive. He wasn't about to take planes. So, like, taking helicopters was actually pretty regular practice. Um, and then to find out that um, the, the um, you know, the, the helicopter that they had taken that day had no, uh, uh, had no terrain radar. Um, so it, it actually led to, a, uh, a, like, an immediate, um, immediate, like, pull up before it actually contacted any of the land. It's um, it's very it gets very peculiar and it gets I mean, it doesn't get any better because, again, this is the week of the Super Bowl and everybody is only talking about Kobe Bryant at this point. Like they're not talking about the impending commercials that are coming up, which is something that maybe I would like to get into uh, if there is if there's any room for um, positivity in this episode at this point. Please. Because, Please yeah. pull up, because fuck, yeah. I feel like I was already depressed. Let's uh, fucking right. crash it into the turf. Um, did, let, let me preface with, did you know 
since uh, I've been listening to it for about a year and maybe a couple months, uh, our favorite Nick Mullen podcast. I know you have a lot of back catalog. I'm sure you haven't gotten through, but did you know that Nick was actually supposed to be on a Super Bowl ad that they uh, they were going to pay him like a million dollars to do, and then. Uh, they figured out about his come podcast and they yanked him and cut him from it. I mean, they actually have his cut on YouTube. You can find it. And um, it's pretty unreal that because they figured out about this podcast, they didn't scrap the uh, commercial. They just cut him out of it. And it's just upsetting because about the time that uh, they he was supposed to be recording for it, the guys were all fucking excited and shit, and then it just kind of went away, and Nick got depressed. And if you dig in a little bit, that's why. I think they allude to it at one point, that he lost the commercial because of a podcast, and it's like, people need to grow up. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly which, uh, like, like which one, or even, actually, to be fair, even what Super Bowl you're you're alluding to. So, I mean, I'm not going to put you on the spot at this point, but, I mean, it would be, it'd be an interesting deep dig because we are never short of showing Nick Mullen love at this point because we're we're sort of, um, I don't know, we, we we're at least come town referencing if not adjacent. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to what we do here um I, he's, no, he's I, everything i wish i was because i have all the psychosis and none of the funny so well i mean i i don't even know that I, I i sort of think that if anyone if anyone's aiming to be a certain way uh they should probably stay away from come town if not for the content they should stay away from the fluidity um and because one of them is going to offend you above the other. I mean, cause I've gotten over the fact that they're vulgar. Um, I just can't, I, they fill the time much better than I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just across the board. But I mean, moreover, I mean, I, I'm, I'd sooner focus. Um, if we're going to talk about the, the, I want to, I want to bury, bury the lead uh, from the jump and then talk about, how we buried the lead with the jump. So my move here is to say, why is it that any human being gives a fuck about, about commercials only at the Super Bowl? whenever every, every idea and every format in this world is meant to dodge fucking commercials and ads. Yeah, I don't get it either. I never did. I don't care about commercials. I would rather, I, uh, at one point, actually subscribed to YouTube Premium so I didn't have to have 10-second commercials every once in a while, you know? And it was just like, this is kind of ridiculous. I can deal with this level of commercials. So I don't know why people seek them out during the Super Bowl. It's not like they're extra funny or extra good or anything. I always think of of the the degenerate gamblers, Uh you know, in the games where they're watching them at their, you know, their watering holes where they have, they, you know, they're obviously miles and um, constituents away from from being able to be identified at this point. And, you know, 
you know, when the when the Chiefs are, you know, are 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 down four to the to the, uh, um, you know, to the 49ers in the fourth quarter, um, you know, it, they they sh- they show a Doritos commercial with little Nas X that's rotting a fucking emu, and and he's supposed to care about that. And, you know, some, you know, some drunk motherfucker is like literally just probing him like, hey, what do you think about that? That black guy that sings all the, all the, or however he talks, however hey. he talks at that point. Who's Lil Nas X? Uh, uh, is uh, that that old town road dork? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I, for what I understand, never mind. Oh my God. <laughs> just, just deflated. But anyways, like, hey, little Nas X is right again. It's it's not it's not the same guy. He's he he knocked that I guess he batted that drunk out of the way. But now, hey, little Nas X is riding an emu, and and then the guy's like, I don't give a fuck. The, uh, I don't. I will lose my fucking house unless the Chiefs cover the spread. We need the spread. Yeah, I'm gonna lose to my cover, kids. We gotta cover the spread. I've never <laughs> rooted for a Native American more than at this point. Uh, we need the Chiefs and Elizabeth Warren in 2020. Come on. That's right. That's right. In 2020, we need peaches and, and peaches and cream more than ever. Yeah. Oh my goodness. By the way, I can't. I I'm not gonna dodge this, and this is not a 2020 Super Bowl ad. But please, for God's sakes, tell me where is your Trumpy Bear mounted? in your in your house or in your car where is it at is it on is it on the roof rack of the subaru you know i was looking for the video um of trumpy bear i i don't know how to describe this to people it it literally as derek said to me i was thinking it independently as well it looks like a tim and eric commercial it looks like it's from cinco toys it is a non-ironic non-sarcastic donald trump teddy bear that it reminds me of an actual tim and eric product where there was like spaghetti in a bear that you just throw in the microwave and it cooks it inside the bear and then they just eat the spaghetti like it's guts and they're like just just inspect for bugs before you eat it's like what the fuck am i looking at it's it's so non-ironic because i i my it in in an Related, non-related story. Uh, my wife went to visit um, one of her her deepest best friends, um, and uh, and uh, she has a, a very nearly one year old. And um, someone had bought the baby a gift. Um, it was a it was a stuffed animal. I I don't remember. I don't know what animal it was. I want to say it was like a koala or something like that. Uh, but this koala had this just absolute like it was a hanging like an empty sack it was like a it was a ballless bear at that point if it was a koala at that point but like and no one could figure out what the fuck this this bag was for like <laughs> on this like this empty bag on this on this koala and then my wife's over visiting like and she's she's hanging out with with um, her friend's son, and they're like, oh, she's like, oh, what do you have here? I'm like, oh, your little koala. She's like, and she's like, like messing around with this little sack. 
and she realizes that the fucking bear gets stuffed into this sack and it becomes a little ball once it gets inverted. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Do you remember Popples from when we were kids? That's yes. that's what it is. Um, yes. I was it's, gonna say, what the fuck? It's got an empty testicle bag. What yeah. the shit? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's they did they did a, a, a like an even older version of it at, at the really 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 bad like novelty like sports stores. Like I had a bear that flipped into a full fucking like football. It was a full like it was a it was a teddy bear with a uh, with a blue fucking Dallas Cowboy bow tie because I'm an idiot and uh, obviously a cowboy fag from from the early 90s. So uh, I'm uh, an idiot. I'm a fucking cowboy fag. Uh, obviously, I I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I I really enjoy Emmett Smith. And, I am sucking Tony Romo's dick. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I, and I, I think Danny White does, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and Randy White is the most underrated defensive tackle that has ever played the game. Uh, uh, the Steelers uh, were the best uh, players on the '96 uh, Cowboys because uh, what's his fuck threw six interceptions in that game, and he can eat my ass. <laughs> oh, Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. Was it '96 or '97? I don't uh, remember. It was well, Larry. It, it got Larry Brown a, a Super Bowl MVP. That was the that was '95 uh, mm. because there was a uh, yeah there was that hiccup where they they had two uh, two West Coast teams, uh, uh, the Steve Young uh, Niners and the uh, the fucking Chargers, the uh, San Diego Chargers. Uh, maybe the most uninteresting fish taco Super Bowl that's ever been fucking done. I'm going to go ahead and say it again. I know we're both uh, deep in the heart of PA. I mean, if we had a local team at all, it'd be the Steelers, but fuck the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fuck them Eagles, too. I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I, will, I mean, again, as a deep-down Cowboy fan, I'll say fuck Billy till time stops. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't i mean it starts with the flyers uh it it it, it doesn't stop with the eagles um it and if you're in philly listening to this come get me i want to die anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> well, a neighbor without the u of of altoona uh, is uh, is is my partner at this point. Um, I I need to I need to just just get derailed ever so more slightly, um, because um, I, we've been off this whole thing. Uh, we've had we've had very directed uh, content uh, the last couple of days, or the last couple of court recordings. Um, we haven't been able to talk about um, some of the things that we had tried to set up. And uh, I, by we, I mean me. Uh, I'm super interested in trying to get to go see uh, some border tour shit uh, from uh, from Radiance Machine and that kind of thing. A lot of that, a lot of that thunder seems to have died down. I don't know if it's not just 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 not burning as hot. Um, I don't have my tickets yet, so like I'm not trying to be a jerk. But I also, again, if you've been following me. Um, on, on on Snapchat, you guys know that I just got gutted by uh, um, uh, by 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 a car a, a car issue. They just just uh, dropped me or dropped the the household fourteen hundred. Um, so I mean that's gonna that's gonna stop any round trip tickets that were that we're initially looking at here. But um, 
I I gotta tell you, I I, I had done, I did some deep digging into uh, uh, Zach De La Roca, and uh, I, I you know you had alluded to uh, to some work that Trent Reznor did with him uh, in the first episode. I I don't know that anybody that's listening now has listened has listened then. So uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the that that hot that hot uh, that hot punk that they were kicking out at that point? Yeah, I mean I don't even rem- what. Was it We Want It All was yeah, the track was, that he yeah, did was, with Trent? Yeah, they he, did they did much more than that, but I mean, again... Well, they did a whole I, album, but it's in a fucking vault somewhere as per Trent, and he said he doesn't care if it ever gets released, so it'll probably be a posthumous release if it ever gets released. Yeah. I'm willing to wait it out. I, I think someday it might see the light of day, but... Uh, Judging by that single, I'd say that it was worth listening to, but they, just like the elusive tapeworm tapes, they aren't going to allow it to see the light of day because if Trent Reznor's involved, it's got to be a fucking convoluted thing. Him or Maynard James Keenan, which is also in the tapeworm project, tapeworm would have been a ridiculous band to have an album out. You know about tapeworm, right? It was. Yeah, I- yeah, I, I do. It's just, I mean, I think about, I think about like where we're at in like 2020 and that kind of thing. And like, I, we've kind of talked about um, off camera, we talked about how like wrestling is almost sort of meeting its, its ultimate end because there's, there's too much like, like proclivity is way too easy to reach at this point. So you can get, you can get woke way too quick just by doing just, I mean, I just some just keyword digs and stuff like that. You can get to like anything that Zach De La Roca did pre or like post. Uh, well, I guess at that point it was it was it was post the MTV uh, uh, Music Video Awards uh, whenever they lost to Limp Biscuit and uh, and Brad Wilk jumped from the fucking uh, from the uh, from from the uh, the big woofer uh, after oh, they yeah. yeah after they lost to Limp Biscuit. I mean, he went. He pretty much left the band after that because it turned into. I mean, it was more of a parade charade that bulls weren't on. Yeah. Um, and you know, like whether you talk about his work, because if I'm focusing just on Zach De La O at this point, which I have to, because he's the only missing piece to that rage, uh, that like that rage project. Like he's done work with DJ Shadow. Uh, he's he's done work with with Quest Love. He's done work with Trent Reznor. Uh, again, that that whole tapeworm project just could have been gangster. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then like his most prominent work was done with uh, a, a guy named uh, I, 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 he was a DJ named LP, which also runs uh, as uh, he he's also known by was it J- Jewel the Night I think is also his name something like that yeah something like that. But um, his, I think his best work was from two was 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 from 2014, uh, where he did uh, he did a, a, a just an absolute brutal fucking track called "Digging for Windows," and if you guys aren't listening uh, to you know to anything else at this point, like that's worth digging up because you know our 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 end at this point is just to figure out like what's worth like what's worth our time in 2020 and again if you're not if you're not moved by you know 
by Kobe Bryant losing his fucking life and stuff like that. Be moved by like what's in front of you. So I mean, yeah, like like maybe maybe take a you know take this this whole this whole thing to heart where like this is a this is an episode where it kind of kind of comes full circle where like maybe Super Bowl fucking commercials don't really fucking matter because mm-hmm. the uh, you know. The, the Pro Bowl was completely prefaced by all the people that had fucking known, like, somebody that had died, like, two hours before that. So, like, like what sport without, like, like without, without our superstars? And I don't know, like, because you and I talked about this off, like, off camera. Like, like what, it, like, uh, in the information age, who is our largest loss at this point? Oh, that's he's definitely got to be up there. He's got to be up there, right? I mean, because he's hitting everywhere. Like he's and, and it transcends. It transcends uh, like sports fans. It transcends race. It transcends creed. It transcends everything. I mean, everybody just knew and respect Kobe, whether you thought he was the greatest or not. I mean, I still hold that Jordan's the greatest, but Kobe was heir apparent you know (laughs) sure and you know a lot of people you know like there's negative that comes out of it too because you know people are able to celebrate you know his highs but maybe you know there's this other group where they say oh okay well there's no resolution for colorado and uh and that you know that that rape settlement uh, from back in the day where he ultimately changed uh, changed his number from eight to 24 mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 odd to see it's odd to see uh, you know actual NBA players uh, taking interesting penalties like uh, eight second backcourt violations and 24 second uh, shot clock violations um, you know as as paying tribute uh, yeah, Joel, yeah. you know, Joel Embiid actually, uh, he wore, he changed his, he changed his, uh, um, his jersey to 24, um, and then scored 24 points and then checked himself out of the game, even though it was in a losing effort. It's one of those things where it's like, like, okay, like, I get it. It's not going away. You can only do this though for like maybe three days, maybe four days after this is all said and done. And then you got to get back to the whole thing. Like watching Shaq cry on Instagram was really fucking hard too, because like, I mean, those guys, they were, they were sort of the, the, the opposite ends of the seesaw. Uh, you were either a Shaq guy, or you were a Kobe guy. And it was a lot easier to be a Shaq guy because Shaq was funny and he was entertaining. And again, he's See, largely in life. Every time something like this happens, you have this downtime where everybody, I don't know, the the previous time I can think of, and there's been quite a few since, but like for the first month after September 11th attacks in 2001, everybody was kind to each other. Everybody looked out for each other. Everybody... You know, why does it always have to come down to fucking tragedy before people start looking out for each other, start caring about what happens to each other and shit? Like, I mean, there's people hurting out there every day that we don't care about because they're not Kobe Bryant, you know? 
I just okay. think that that this this world responds to rock bottom, and um, yeah, and just just knowing when you hit it, and knowing that like there's not much past like dying in a helicopter crash and causing a brush fire that can keep like firefighters from getting to your literally like fire engulfed corpses. Like, like I don't, I don't mean to be so graphic, but in a way like maybe get to that point beforehand. And that's what a lot of people are putting out there. Like the positivity, like, like let the people that you care about know that you care about them before you're, you're, you know, it's too late. Um, I, I, I've said it before. I feel like I'm a broken person mentally and everything, but I don't ever want my sons to not know that I love them. Not to get all fucking sappy and everything, but I don't leave this house without letting my wife and my son know that I love them. And to think that there's people out there that have never told their son that, have never told their daughter that, have never, you know, they don't show that to their wife and stuff why does it always have to be rock bottom you should be living that every day i'm a fucked up broken shell of a man sometimes but my wife and kids know that i love them absolutely yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't have to hit like again you shouldn't be pulling up at the very very end to try to figure out who you care about I mean, they should know, they should know before, like before you stepped, before you put your shoes on. Sure. Um, you know, and that's, that's not, that shouldn't be left in any household. I mean, we're, we're not special in that, you know, you can be, you can be that way too, you know, just be that way. It's, yeah, it's really not. It doesn't take it out of me at all. You know, it's not that hard. I mean, cause we all, we've, we've, you know, nobody lives without loss. You know, so just 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 live your life happy, live your life full, you know, and just understand that that if you live your life full, it's because of other people. It's not because of you. You didn't do this. You didn't do this by yourself. You know, you're 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 winning, you know, you're winning assisted at this point. So, you know, and and it's that's probably a good place to it's it's probably a good place to stop because like there's there's a there's a part of me that wants to kind of get into like who might be the biggest, you know, our biggest, you know, our, our biggest piece missing and that kind of thing. But, you know, like, I feel like you should feel that on your own, you know, like I have, I have an empty spot for Prince. I have an empty spot for George Carlin. I have, you know, I, I, I've, I've got a lot of, I have a lot of loss to deal with in my life. You know, like I miss my grandmother every single day. Uh, but, but you should feel that on your own and you, and, but the things that land, like over like a like it's it like his loss could fill in the Grand Canyon a couple times over because it's hitting tennis, it's hitting soccer, it's hitting auto racing, it's hitting everything. Like it's hitting AAU for fuck's sake. Like, I mean shit that's not even in in service right now. I mean, there are guys that are changing there are NBA players making millions of dollars that are changing their fucking numbers to pay yeah, yeah. To, to, like to, to to pay homage. So Again, loss shouldn't fuel your life. Uh, living should living should should create exceptions uh, for dying, and and you know it's that's kind of you know that's I don't know I don't know it's just not a stamp but it's it's kind of it's kind of where it's 
closest thing to a DFC has for a stamp. Yeah. Yeah. We like, yeah, we like stamps too. Sure. Stamps.com. I hate the fucking post office. Uh, I I want to, I'm Mark Marin. I hate the fucking post office. Um, Sorry, this one hasn't been very funny, guys. There's just too much serious shit going on. I feel like this would have been a better problematic cast episode, maybe. But, um, you know, that's not here anymore. So I'm dealing with that <laughs> loss in my own way. So, um, If not for me, we want to thank you again for still frame off Capture the Current. Because that is a banging way for an intro-outro to our show. Uh, just tell your family you love them this week for fuck's sake. It's not that hard, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, keep, uh, keep looking for us on Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, um, uh, we're also doing a, 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 a wild little segment called real talk time on, uh, on Snapchat. If you want to follow us, um, right now it's just me, um, <laughs> cause I'm working through some, uh, some mental stuff. Uh, which is uh, which is my own uh, uh, my own little little ladder here to grab, but it's uh, I, on Snapchat we are DFC I'm sorry yeah Diesel underscore DFC 37 um, and uh, I, again you'll see uh, you'll see some animation occasionally on Instagram and um, going forward with uh, me and my partner where we're um, I, I don't know we're standing in front of uh, a burning uh, dumpster fires and um uh just, maybe, just fanning the flames yeah fanning the flames and uh uh maybe at some point maybe looking for danny warsnop and not really looking for danny warsnop who is missing at this at this point so we haven't uh, plugged in in a while um but it's always in the show notes if you have any questions comments fuck you letters if you have an idea for a show it's dfc pod at gmail um i wish you would drop us a letter let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you'd like to hear, what you'd like to stop hearing. I don't know. Just any feedback. We're very receptive. And if you're still, we're still in the infancy stage here. You know, if you get in on the ground floor, who knows? You could end up doing an episode with us or something. I mean, this is the time if you want to get behind the veil with DFC to do it. And looking forward, we also, um, after. Uh, our episode with uh, with Ian Strong. Uh, I touched base with him, and he is definitely looking forward to doing a cover episode uh, with us at some point. So, um, you know, a bit of breaking news, but not so breaking news because it's uh, we we meshed very well the last time we were on. So again, uh, you know, I'm starting to get some some emails coming through. So like, I'm really looking forward to uh, distributing those shirts whenever I get a couple more here. Like I just I got I need enough for I need enough uh, for an order boys and girls so I I, I can only wear so many so water <laughs> demonstratum and uh, you know let's let's uh, let's stop watching uh, Super Bowl commercials right Yep we love you guys uh, we'll see you next week Cheers. <laughs> Between 